CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. After all, if a man is convinced that his very survival is at stake, he'll part with anything, including money, to ensure he does survive. Hey, Kinsinger, get lost. That was the last countdown. Your time's over. It is Friday, December 31st, and this is part two of the Ben Jarofsky Show's 2021 Top Chicago and or Illinois Stories. A lot of words in that. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Back to Back Friday, and this is why. Because as Dennis says, this is part two. We just did part one. We're beasts. We're machines. And in the middle of it all, my computer broke. Yeah. You don't even want to know the backstory. I mean, I, <laughs> I guess 2021 is just going out the way it came in with faulty technological stuff. Anyway, without further ado, the man with the legend prior of Joe Illinois, without continue the countdown. Take it away, Dr. D. Uh, someone get the geek squad on hand here. You've just downloaded the final five 2021 stories in Chicago and or Illinois, according to the Ben Jarofsky show. All right. And if you're just joining us, we're doing something different here for our countdown because, well, the last countdown that we had very dark, uh, the theme was hell, right? With the pandemic and all that, it was our top 10 gates of Illinois hell. All right. 2021, just a hangover of 2020. So it sucked ass too, but Hey, we're no gloom and doom here all right it's the end of the year it's my birthday let's try and get positive all right we got to look toward the future and what we're doing on this countdown is we are doing the countdown from the metaverse oh yeah this has been crazy all right if you're just tuning in listening to numbers five through one you haven't heard 10 through six you haven't heard us we've been in the metaverse (laughs) the entire time doing this show ben how you feeling about doing the the show from the metaverse uh, I'm sort of getting used to it, D. Really? In the year 2525. Alright, now we learned through the last countdown that this metaverse is really smart. It like has data on Ben. Very weird. Hey, metaverse, do that thing again where you tell us like data that you collect. Hey, Ben, I've gathered some of your favorite things to listen to in 2021. Playing Nancy Pelosi. Evan and G, D20, G7, and NATO. The COVID issue looms large uh, on the global scene as well. Just now, we had a press, a uh, caucus, a, actually, it was a whip me. Playing D.L. Hewley. We're very funny when it comes to race. Like last year, I was touring in Europe. I went to an American uh, Air Force base in England, and I walk into the Air Force base, and they had a Popeye's chicken. So I walk into the chicken place, and the manager runs from behind the counter. He goes, I couldn't get tickets to your show. It was all sold out. But I knew you would come. <laughs> Metaverse, you're creeping me out. How did you know that Ben Jarofsky <laughs> likes D.L. Hewley? 
I love D.L. Hewley. And I love Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, for some reason. Couldn't understand a word she was saying. Oh, my lefty listeners are like, what's with you and Nancy Pelosi? Not only is it getting Ben's data, it's getting my data, too. Playing Alex Jones InfoWars. They should complain about the children being asked with. God, (laughs) not me showing you. You think I like seeing this crap? Let me tell you, I'm ready to kill people. I'm sick of this shit. Uh, not literally. Uh, the point is, I'm getting sick of this crap. That's one attitude. <laughs> this metaverse, I tell you. How yeah, did I know I? A... How did I know I like Infowars? I haven't listened in like months though. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't uh, brag too much about that. But come on, just for one old time's sake, your Alex Jones imitation. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the documents. We have found out that there is fluoride in the water. Fluoride. They say it gives you bright, pearly teeth. Isn't that what toothpaste does? <laughs> Why's that fluoride in the water? Uh, isn't that what toothpaste does? All right, guys. Before we continue our countdown, all right, we are at number five, all right? But like I said, before we continue, let's run through numbers 10 through 6. You should download this and check it out if you haven't yet. In at number 10, the not-so-thrilling conclusion of Madigan Gate. Wasn't fired, wasn't arrested, just resigned. Kind of boring. Number nine, the lone Republican, Adam Kinzinger. Number eight, the almost Chicago teacher strike. In at number seven this year, a little story we call Lifeguard Gate. And our number six, Chicago and or Illinois story of 2021, Johnny C. John Catanzara resigns as president of the Chicago Fraternal Order of Police. It's time for number five. Number five. All right. Our number five story on the Ben Jarofsky show. My God, I hate this story. Number five is Jesse Smollett. (laughs) Found guilty of a new one in my book, faking his own hate crime. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times, Andy Grimm and Matthew Hendrickson. From December 9th, 2021, actor Jussie Smollett was convicted Thursday by a Cook County jury following an eight-day trial. The Empire actor was found guilty of five counts of disorderly conduct and acquitted on a sixth count after nine hours of deliberation by jurors. Six women and six men, only one of whom was black, indicating they may have struggled to reach a consensus. Smollett was on trial for hiring brothers to assault him on a frigid night in January 2019, scripting even the racial slurs and MAGA slogan they were to shout as they attacked. Smollett's crime was not the hoax itself, but lying that the attack was real to police with account for each time he told investigators he had been a victim. And because what he did wasn't really harmful, just weird and a waste of everyone's time, The charges are low-level felonies that carry a possible sentence of three years, but would likely uh, likely result in a sentence of probation for the fallen star. It is our number five story, the story that just won't end. Jussie Smollett found guilty. It won't end. It'll be here in 2022. Absolutely, it won't end because there's the city suit against uh, Jussie Smollett to try to make him pay for the cost of investigating uh, his crimes. And folks, what? 
we've talked so much about the Justice Smollett uh, case. We've talked so much about the connection to State's Attorney Kim Fox. Uh, I just want to take this one point to uh, emphasize this. this. We have an obsession with celebrities. We have an obsession with celebrities, ladies and gentlemen. And they don't even have to be huge celebrities. They don't have to be like, I don't know, Michael Jordan's celebrities. It's just like minor celebrities. And it's, I think it's particularly strong in Chicago, although this was a nationwide story, but it was really strong in Chicago. And Chicagoans just have this, this, this what is this, like insecure view of themselves? They, like we're not really important. We're the second city. And so we're like just so thrilled that when a celebrity comes through Chicago, Chicagoans love well, celebrity. The Sun Times is still running front page stories about that rehab show. There was a rehab show, D. Remember the reason <laughs> rehab? Yeah. Stupid rehab show. It's some dumb rehab show. The Sun Times puts it, and I'm sure it's it's like the people who run the Sun Times are like figuring out. You know what? Chicagoans love this. Every time we put that rehab show on the front page, people like click. They like love it. So it's like Jesse Smollett is a celebrity. And most people in Chicago didn't even know who he was. But he was a celebrity. He was on a TV show. Whoa! He was on a TV show. He came to Chicago? Oh, my God. I'm somebody. That's like when the mayor goes to Washington and meets with people. The mayor of the city of Chicago is so important that she met with senators. That's kind of what it's all about, folks. So our utter obsession with celebrities will never end. And so Justice Millette will be around as a story long after, long after D's. Well, he's already not on TV, but he's still a celebrity. Just says a little something about Chicago, Steve. All right. Well, fingers crossed. It's the last day of 2021. The guy was found guilty. I mean, this is the last of the Smollett thing, right? This is the this Just is the for end. 2021. No, it's coming back oh, because there's still that loss, and then there's the sentencing. He was only, they got to sentence him. So then, you know, <laughs> I mean, if he gets jail time for this, it's ridiculous. Kyle Rittenhouse skated, killed two people. They got to put Jesse Smollett in jail. So I, um, we'll see. There's still the sentencing. There's still the lawsuit that uh, Mayor Rahm initiated against Justice Smollett. So that, I got news for you, D. This story will be around in 2022. Fantastic. Don't ever forget what happened to that French actor. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Juicy Smouillet. He's a very French, very famous French actor. Number five. All right, let's continue the countdown. <laughs> On to number four. Thank you, Chicago, for this humbling victory. Oh, no. All I can say, you sure know how to make a guy feel at home. Yeah! Number four. Thank you, Metaverse. Yes, as much as we'd love him to go away forever, our former Chicago mayor will just not stop getting into the news. So, as you know, presidential power has shifted hands. Bye-bye, Donald Trump. Hello, President Joe Biden. Yes, Obama's boy, Joey B. Joe Biden is president. And I guess these weirdos stick together, Ben, because shortly after Biden won the presidency, rumors started floating around about a Biden cabinet gig for one Rahm Emanuel. 
At first, it was the transportation secretary job that he was looking for. I just biked around Lake Michigan. Boy, he would have loved that one, wouldn't he? Nearly a thousand miles. But that idea was rejected very quickly as people began to become very vocal in their distaste for the former Chicago mayor. Yeah, I guess when you cover up a murder in order to help you get elected, <laughs> people get a little upset. You know what I mean? If only the Biden administration had taken the hint. This guy stinks, but they did not. It's our number four story of 2021, Rom the Ambassador, or Rombassador, whichever you prefer. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Lynn Suite, December 18th, 2021. In an early morning Saturday vote, the Senate confirmed Rahm Emanuel to be President Joe Biden's ambassador to Japan, adding a new chapter for a man who's been a two-term Chicago mayor, congressman, and a chief of staff to a president. Thank you, Chicago! Emmanuel, 62 years old, will be sworn in by the end of the year, the Sun-Times has learned, with the ceremony to take place in Chicago so that his elderly mother, Marsha, can attend. Ben, I don't get it. What's so special about this guy? You know, D, maybe he has negatives. Uh, compromising pictures of Joe Biden. Uh, do not understand uh, the dedication that Joe Biden has to Rahm Emanuel. I do not understand the love uh, that Dems have uh, for Rahm Emanuel. I do not understand why so many people hold him in high esteem, including uh, most of corporate Chicago. Well, I know why they do. He's passing out goodies to them for his entire year. Oh, well, suddenly it comes clear. Uh, but we talked about this so much uh, last year. We'll probably be talking about it in 2022. Uh, you're absolutely correct. In my humble opinion, uh, Rahm Emanuel covered up evidence of a murder. We're talking about Jason Van Dyke shooting Laquan McDonald. There was videotape footage. We all know this, folks. That completely contradicted what's, what's more or less the official city line of what went down. And I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that if it wasn't for a FOIA lawsuit uh, filed by Matt Topic, uh, attorney and a, a friend of the Ben Jarofsky show, and now my lawyer in a FOIA lawsuit. Well, it's not a lawsuit yet, FOIA request. If it wasn't uh, for Matt Topic's lawsuit and a Cook County judge that agreed with Matt Topic, that video would not have been released and we never would have known what happened to all. And then after that, of course, the trial would never have happened. Uh, so he resisted, as Dennis said. Uh, releasing evidence of what really went on. And I don't know how you can call that anything but a cover-up. Now, I know that a lot of people disagree with me. The editorial writers of the Chicago Sun-Times disagree with me. I think the Tribune's editorial writers disagree with me. Most of corporate Chicago disagrees with me. Joe Ferguson, a former inspector general for the city of Chicago, he disagrees with me. So I know. I know. All the senators disagree with me. Governor Pritzker, who endorsed Rom, disagree with me. Mayor Lori Lightfoot disagrees. See all these powerful people that love Rom, no? And they say, "Well, every life is valuable, and we—it's a horrible tragedy what happened to Laquan McDonald." But we're going to approve this guy as uh, ambassador to Japan anyway. By the way, a little shout out to Atiba Buchanan. He had me on his radio show. He was playing devil's advocate with me. And he goes, well, Ben, what do you say to people who say that Rahm is really qualified? Forgetting, of course, the cover-up, uh, that Rahm is so qualified. And I'm like, I would say, what have you been smoking? Are you meaning to tell me that of everybody in the United States of America, Rahm Emanuel is the number one qualified person to be ambassador to Japan? I don't even know if Rahm Emanuel knew where Japan was on a map until they put him up for that gig. 
<laughs> Does he speak Japanese? No. Has he studied uh, Japanese history? No. Has he ever shown the slightest bit of interest uh, in Japan or Asia? No. They just didn't know what else to do with them, so they gave him that. Powerful statement about uh, like who runs the Democratic Party and what their worldview is. We had Delmarie Cobb on the show a couple times talking about this. She shares my outrage uh, about this appointment. And so, yeah, I think it'll still be a story in 2022. I do believe uh, uh, Delmarie's correct, uh, D, that uh, Rahm is just cleaning up his image. He's getting ready to run for something else. Delmarie says Senate uh, when uh, Durbin steps down. So we'll see what it is. I have other friends who say, oh, Ben, he's getting ready to run for president. Well, we'll, we'll see about that, too. But it's all about cleaning up his image uh, and adding another, what, chapter to his portfolio. So now he can say he's an ambassador. And uh, and I guess he's cleaned up the whole Laquan McDonald thing. I guess it, the powers that be said, hey, it's, it's not an issue anymore, Ben. Forget about it. I just can't make any sense of it. Joe Biden, please tell us more. What, what is it about this guy? Play the radio. Make sure really? the television, uh-huh. the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. Yeah. The, the, the phone, make sure the kids hear words. I can't make any sense of that. Yeah, okay. That makes about as much sense as nominating Rom uh, to be ambassador to Japan. <laughs> Country knows nothing about. Hey, I got an idea. Let's just throw this one out there. We're going to name this guy ambassador to Japan, even though he knows nothing about Japan. Oh, sounds good to me. Play the record. Talk to your kids. <laughs> Rahm Emanuel, ambassador to Japan. All right. Well, fingers crossed. Let's hope that in 2022, this guy does not make our top stories of Chicago and or Illinois countdown. How about that, huh? I would not predict that, but we'll see. Oh. Boy, I tell you, a positive Ben really needs some work. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. I think it's going to be a harder feat than you realize. All right. And that was our number four story. And the countdown rolls on. Time for number three. What do you think? Dude, I love this song. I like this playlist I put together. Let me let you listen to something else. Uh huh. Check this one out. Oh yeah, that one's good too. Yeah. But you know what's so much better? What? When it's live. Ugh, you're right. It is. What do you think, Allison? You know, I think we can do it. We keep getting people vaccinated. We keep making good progress. I'm giving the green light. Number three. Yes, number three. It's the return of Ben's favorite annual event. He won't admit it on this show. The return of Lollapalooza in the middle of a pandemic. It even made the national headlines. The following comes from CNN. And who was this writer? Anderson Cooper? Chris Cuomo? Don Lemon? No, it's Lisa Respers France. (laughs) Who the hell's that? May 18th, 2021, Lollapalooza is coming back. Organizers announced Tuesday that Chicago, uh, Chicago, that Chicago's largest music festival will return to Grant Park at full capacity from July 29th to August 1st. A typical Lollapalooza, by the way, hosts an estimated, I don't know, 400,000 people. (laughs) 
<laughs> what are we doing? Lightfoot wrote in the tweet, in alignment with our public health guidance, the world class festival return world class. I don't know about world class. Uh, returns to the city later this summer. However, full COVID-19 vaccination or a negative test within 72 hours will be required to enjoy the festivities. Less than a year later and armed with a vaccine that is safe, effective, and widely available, we are able to bring back one of our city's most iconic summer music festivals. Fast forward to the festival, more than 385,000 people attended Lollapalooza this year. Uh, Lori Lightfoot made an appearance. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker almost made an appearance, but suddenly realized that showing up to an event with that many people would completely contradict everything he has said and done for the last year and a half. So he decided wisely not to go. And even Chicago's top doctor was at Lollapalooza, but you wouldn't have known it because she was in disguise. <laughs> Top secret stuff here. Dr. Allison Arwadi said she went undercover at Lollapalooza to see how the festival was enforcing COVID-19 precautions and administering vaccines. Arwadi explained she disguised her appearance because she wanted to go through the line similar to any other concert goer and experience how the staff checked vaccination proof. Arwadi said she was really pleased. They stopped and they looked. Lollapalooza claimed that 90% of the attendees were vaccinated, 8% showed negative COVID-19 results, and the rest were turned away. Mayor Lori Lightfoot then said she doesn't fear a surge of coronavirus cases tied to Lollapalooza. Fast forward to August 12th, 2021. Chicago health officials on Thursday reported 203 cases of COVID-19 connected to Lollapalooza. Department of Health Commissioner Dr. Allison Arwadi said at a news conference, quote, nothing unexpected here. No sign of a super spreader event, but clearly with hundreds of thousands of people attending Lollapalooza, we would expect to see some cases. Ben Jarofsky, boy, I know we talked about this one a lot over the summer. The return of Lollapalooza as you were just in your attic scared to death. Yeah. Well, I got to give credit to Dr. D for this. He said it early on and I've been saying it ever since. Uh, it's just one series of mixed messages, one after another when it comes to uh, uh, COVID. And, you know, it's, it just reminds me so much of the movie Jaws, uh, one of my favorite movies from the 70s. Saw it mm, estimated five times, six times maybe. But, of course, in Jaws, there's that great white shark that's terrorizing uh, some Massachusetts town, maybe Martha Vineyard, I don't know what it is. And the people who run the town, uh, their civic leaders or corporate leaders, their business leaders don't want the world to know because it would uh, scare off the tourists. And that's just kind of what, uh, you know, uh, this Lollapalooza thing was all about. Uh, we just, what was it? Thanksgiving. Lori Lightfoot was saying, giving, doing commercials with the other mayors, Thanksgiving in 2020, but we had a field day with that one. You know, don't have granny come over. Just be all alone for Thanksgiving because it's too dangerous. You, you go in your cave. Don't leave your cave. I'll take your car and all that stuff. And then time went on. There's a lot of people coming to town, a lot of hotel rooms, you know, a lot of money at stake. You got a contract with the Lollapalooza people. You know, maybe it's not a good idea to uh, cut off uh, the engines, the economic engines, so to speak. She found her inner MAGA 
suddenly all of a sudden, like, you know, that was what MAGA was saying uh, during uh, 2020. That's why they were so mad uh, at, well, there's a million reasons why they were mad at Pritzker. So suddenly, you know, but that with, 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 uh, uh, with Democrats, you know, they have to trot out their numbers to support whatever decision they're going to make with COVID. Well, we just follow the science wherever it leads. It just so happens to be leading us to this huge concert event that brings in millions of dollars to the city. Just by coincidence. That poor doctor. This is what I was saying, Dr. Salazar Awardy. It's tough to be health commissioner in the city of Chicago. Not only have to look out for the health and well-being of the citizens of the city of Chicago, you got to look out for the mayor. He's like, hey, I want you to appear in this commercial with me promoting this huge event in the middle of a pandemic. And D, who am I to say? I went to the Bulls game the other day. Who am I? Of course, I was wearing two masks, but I went to the game. So who am I to criticize Mayor Lori Lightfoot and Dr. Allison Award? You know, if they want to have this huge party for the good of the city, uh, that they're going to do it. And they have this commercial and they, and, but the part that killed me, Dean, only 203 cases that they can identify. Well, first of all, who knows how thorough the identification system was for uh, tracking. I mean, it's not like they had sleuths working around the clock. And they got this number, two, what is it, 203, something like that? Only 203. Wait a minute. What if it were a Trump rally and you said it was 203? Then you would do the multiplication effect. Well, there's 203. You could infect other people. If you're done, once you're done, it could be over 1,000. So I just, I thought it was interesting that when it serves a Dem's purpose, they take a little something from MAGA when it comes to COVID. You know what I'm saying, Dee? And now here we are in the middle of another uh, COVID outbreak, even worse uh, than it was back in 2020. More people getting COVID at any time. It's with the uh, daily COVID case record with 30,000 plus positive tests in the state of Illinois. So it's ancient history, that commercial of Lori Lightfoot and Dr. Dr. Awadi sitting around in their uh, rock and roll outfits talking about all the great music they're going to see a lot of blues. That's ancient history, right, D? And it was crazy. It's like, if you build it, they will come. You know what I mean? Like, they never... Hearing all the stories and the way we talked about it, you would think that like 20 people would have showed up to this thing. But oh, no, it turns out there was 385,000. Like, you know what I mean? And there were 20,000 people at the Bulls game the other day. People <laughs> yeah. are sick of the pandemic. They, if they, they want to go to a rock concert. They want to go to a, a Bulls game. And there's nothing the mayor of the city do, and she's embracing it. And the biggest mixed message of the year for Lori Lightfoot and COVID would have to be at the Sky Game, where there's a rule the city has established. that If you're in a, a, a venue, a sporting event, watching a sporting event, you have to wear your mask unless you're eating food or drinking. All right. And there's Lori Lightfoot at the sky game. Uh, I think it was the championship game surrounded by a bunch of fans. Everybody's happy because the sky won. And the only person in the photo without a mask on is Lori Lightfoot. And D I just don't know. It's like Dems go out of their way to rile up MAGA and make themselves look like hypocrites. So, you know, I can understand why the city decided to go with Lollapalooza. It's a lot of money. 
It's a lot of contracts. You want to make it look like Chicago's back to business. Isn't that what they always say? Back to business. But then don't pretend like you're the stern admonisher of the people and that you're like upholding all the Fauci-like guidelines for dealing with this. Don't pretend. If you're not even going to wear a mask at a Chicago Sky game. So it was funny. We got we milked that baby for all it was worth <laughs> throughout the summer. When I got to uh, tell you, it's that was our number one story in the uh, top ten gates of Illinois hell. Mixed message gate. Mixed message gate lives on with yes. number three. Good memory that that was the number one story. I completely forgotten that. But yeah, mixed put message of, put a lot of time into these shows. Uh, mixed message gates truly does live on. And I, I don't know. It's a battle. It, what's the greatest mixed message? Uh, the health commissioner appearing in a commercial urging everybody to show up for a rock concert in the middle of a pandemic? Or Lori Lightfoot going, the mayor of the city of Chicago, going to a Sky game and not wearing a mask? Hmm. There's a battle, D. Let's ask our listeners to respond. That's the matter Instant. Instant polls. Oh, Lori Lightfoot wins. Sorry, Dr. Awadi. Lori Lightfoot wins. Yes, guys, we are in the metaverse. Everyone's going to be excited. <laughs> People are going to lose their minds. I'm ready. Whoa. <laughs> All righty then. You know, Lala's not just for the kids. We are all excited about this. Rock on, baby. <laughs> what losers. Okay, it is now time for story number two hey friends are you ready for government to dictate and control your lives again you're one step closer jb pritzker our tyrannical governor just issued more mandates today number two yes and then there was two our number two story is all about our upcoming illinois gubernatorial race but mainly that time when the guy who sued the governor over his COVID mandates decided to run. Hey, who's going to feed them hogs? It's Darren D.B. Bailey. Now, we have to remember, everyone, in his first year as governor, J.B. Pritzker was untouchable. The guy wasn't even in a full year, and he was signing bills into law like a maniac. He legalized gambling. He legalized pot. And he did a bunch of other things that I can't remember at the moment because I've been smoking so much legalized pot. But my point is, is that the guy was sitting pretty and on the path to easily getting reelected. But then the pandemic hit and shit got really, really real. Governor Pritzker laid out his five phase mitigation strategy to safely reopen Illinois. Let's begin with phase one. I'll never do that again in my life. <laughs> I'll move to Florida if I have to do that again. Most people couldn't leave their house. Some people couldn't or still can't pay their rent. And businesses, bars, and restaurants all across the state had to either close or completely shut down as that damn dirty coronavirus turned our worlds completely upside down. But hey, Ben, it only takes one. Enter DB Darren Bailey. And no pun intended here, but Darren Bailey said hogwash. He's not going to follow the governor's five-phase strategy. He stood up to the governor and legit sued him. And at that very moment, a movement was born. As downstaters all came together to suddenly realize one thing. Pritzker sucks! 
<laughs> Soon after, signs that read Pritzker sucks started showing up in the yards of homes at, well, pretty much everywhere besides Chicago. So it makes sense that Darren Bailey is running for governor. He was the first Republican hopeful to announce his bid. The following comes from NBC5 Chicago, February 22nd, 2021. Illinois Senator Darren Bailey, who made nationwide headlines by challenging Pritzker's stay-at-home order last year, revealed he'll seek the Republican nomination for governor in 2022. Bailey, a farmer and business owner from the southern Illinois town of Xenia, made the announcement Monday alongside family and friends at the Thelma Keller Convention Center in Effingham. Ben, have you ever been to Effingham? No. Why effing not, buddy? All right. (laughs) Bailey said, quote, Governor Pritzker and Illinois Democrats, they failed us and it's time to stop it. He told what appeared to be a mostly maskless crowd. We've tried the country club approach. We've tried the Chicago loop approach. And I don't think that's worked for anyone in this room in Effingham. Now, since then, we've seen a few more Republican gubernatorial candidates, parking lot prodigy Gary Rabine, a fellow named Paul Schimpf. Not radio host Man Cow, and maybe a sleeper pick as this race goes along, Jesse Sully Sullivan. But it all started with one man, the leader of Pritzker Sucks Nation, downstate Illinois Senator D.B. Darren Bailey. Yes, we have had a field day with Darren Bailey from the get-go. And let me just say this about Darren Bailey. I am not a fan of Darren Bailey, as anyone knows who's listened to this show. Uh, But as Dennis pointed out, uh, he was the leader of MAGA when no other Republicans would lead MAGA. He's leading MAGA off a cliff, in my humble opinion, when it comes to the state of Illinois. I think he's too MAGA for the state of Illinois, but he's standing by what he believes. So I guess there's a kernel of respect I have for that. Uh, And I'll, I'll put it to you this way. It's not a mixed message. When it comes to DB, he basically doesn't believe uh, the virus is a serious threat. He doesn't believe uh, that the pandemic is real. Uh, he doesn't have any regard, uh, any way you look at it for any kind of social service program uh, that the Democrats have advocated, that Republicans used to advocate. Not quite sure where he stands on labor issues. Doesn't have a lot to say about that. Though my guess is he's anti-union because he was put up by the same forces that put Rauner up. And Dennis predicted it from the moment he took the stand against mask mandates. He knew he was going to run for governor because that's where MAGA is right now. I don't believe it's a winning strategy for the Republicans. You know who agrees with me this? I think Kenny G, Ken Griffin, the wealthiest man in the state of Illinois who finances the Republican Party. I mean, he's already he let it be known somehow or other got to like the reporters for cranes and the tribune that he was looking around for another candidate to run. Cause he wasn't happy with the candidates in the race right now. And the candidates all race right now are all pitching for MAGA's vote. And the maggiest MAGA man of them all is DB Darren Bailey. the not a hog farmer, hog farmer from downstate Illinois. So I think that uh, Kenny G and I, for once see eye to eye, I just think that Darren Bailey is too extreme for the state of Illinois. And I know, uh, thanks to uh, my uh, outstanding downstate correspondent, Dr. D, I know that there are Pritzker suck signs all over the place in downstate Illinois. In fact, our uh, Chicago correspondent, Linda, not Billy Paul Paul, 
found the Pritzker suck signs here in the city of Chicago. So I do realize that there's this like movement of anti Pritzker movement from the MAGA people, the same MAGA people who just resist the uh, vaccine, don't want to wear a mask. They just want to pretend as though the whole thing doesn't exist or that it's up to you <laughs> to, to determine how you're going to fight it. Uh, so those same MAGA people uh, will embrace Darren Bailey, but I do not believe that's enough to defeat J.B. Pritzker. I think Kenny G realizes that, and that's why he's scouting for someone else. So I think, uh, D, that what we're seeing here is division in the Republican Party that is, um, I don't know how they're going to get around. I really don't care. Not really feeling very sympathetic toward the Republican Party these days. I don't think you can uh, take them at uh, face value, anything they say. Uh, so I don't know how this is going to reconcile itself. If it wasn't for gerrymandering, perhaps the moderates uh, could elect somebody. But right now, the way uh, the maps are written or drawn, excuse me, in the state of Illinois, is it gives full power pretty much to the MAGA to control who is the Republican candidate in almost any congressional or state legislative or state Senate district. And so they rule. And so as much as I oppose DB, Darren Bailey, for everything he stands for, I got to say, D, he's the leader of the Republican Party right now in the state of Illinois. The money may come from Ken Griffin, but the rhetoric comes from DB. Darren Bailey. There's a formula for how this works. You got Bruce Rauner, Donald Trump, J.B. Pritzker, all right? Really, really rich people who have no experience in politics. They've kind of proven you can win an election, right? So, hey, Ken Griffin, do it yourself or stop it, right? Yeah, you've mentioned that before. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he, like I said, I think he likes being the guy behind the scenes. Well, he's going to lose. He's going. It's going to. It's not going to work, dude. It's not going to work with. Yeah, and it'd be really funny to watch uh, Ken Griffin and the Republicans try to sell Darren Bailey to those suburbanites, vehement opponent to a woman's right to choose against pretty much any program that resembles anything that would help a poor person. Against unions. I don't know how you're going to sell them, but. Yeah, like J.B. Pritzker's a billionaire. He's running for re-election. You know what it takes to beat a billionaire in election? A billion dollars. Hey, Ken Griffin, do it yourself, man. I don't think you're going to find anybody that's going to beat J.B. Pritzker. You know what I mean? He's the, Ken Griffin. I think if anyone stands a chance to win, it's Ken Griffin himself. I don't think Ken Griffin could beat J.B. Pritzker, but you know what? I'm with you. Let's go. Let's, let's let Democrats got their billionaire. Uh, Republicans get theirs. Uh, Griffin said he's going to spend $300 million to defeat uh, J.B. Pritzker. I don't think 300 million. I think what a waste of money. Yeah. You know what? I, by the way, I think he won't do it. I don't think he'll pull. If it's D.B., I don't think he's going to put $300 million behind D.B. Just say it. There's a model for how uh, you can win this if you're really, really rich. And it's do it yourself, Ken Griffin. You know what I mean? And like I pointed out to you, D, I'm not quite sure. Well, we had the residency issue with Jesse Sullivan, uh, the uh, downstate uh, businessman who actually made his fortune in the state of California, uh, but says the whole time he was living in Illinois. I think uh, Griffin's in the uh, rounder category when it comes to uh, residents. He's got him all over the country, including this uh, opulent uh, penthouse in um, New York and Manhattan. So, 
I guess he'll get around residency requirements. Uh, and he's such a presence uh, in the in, in Chicago, uh, the corporate scene, uh, the way Cranes and the Tribune covers him. So I do believe that if he were to decide to run, uh, he would immediately win the nomination. And there's no doubt I might buy it. Um, and be, real, I don't know how, though, having said that, would MAGA go for Kenny G? And that's the kind of the point. Like, we tried the country club. DB was trying to be a little populist. I don't know if you that little segment. That he, we tried the country club, which is kind of a reference to Bruce Rauner. And Bruce Rauner, of course, was Ugh. financed by his Ugh. pal. So I guess Ken Griffin is kind of that country club thing going there, you know. So it'd be that. Wow. That would be a battle. Yeah. Hey. There'll be so many commercials. So here's the thing. Like to win, Ken Griffin would have to air all these commercials slamming Darren Bailey. You know? And yeah. uh, that would kind of be hard to, to heal those wounds uh, in the um, turning right around and uh, facing Brit- Pritzker. So, I, you know what? As a guy who's against MAGA, I'm kind of taking delight in this one. Dave. I'm telling you, Ken Griffin, just get on, have a press conference, call someone on the left a hippie, maybe <laughs> a curse word or something. Oh, then next thing you know, boom, the right's with you. They're ready to rock. Oh, yeah. Or just like or during an interview. Oh, by the way, Pritzker sucks. Like, oh, I love him. <laughs> Ken Griffin. That's it. Wait, uh, that cough there was not the first stages of COVID. It was just... Thank God. All right. And there it was. Our number two story. Darren Bailey, the downstate hog farmer, runs for governor. And we finally reached our number one Chicago and or Illinois story of 2021. By the way, guys, this whole time we've been doing this, we've had VR goggles on. I got a headache, Ben. We're in the metaverse. This metaverse is pretty cool. It knows a lot of stuff. It played Ben's favorite songs. It played that Welcome Back Cotter song he sings all the time. Uh, It said I listened to WCPT 820 and Alex Jones. False. False metaverse. That's not true at all. But uh, there's some other things on here. Uh, It knows the show. It knows the Ben Jarofsky show. Hey, metaverse. What were you asking there before we started the show? What do you want Ben to do? Hey, Ben, let's hear your Ken Davis impression. Oh, my God. Let's hear your Ken Davis. Whoa. Are you okay? Kenny D, come on back next year. All's forgiven. This thing is very, very smart. Hey, Ben, why did you vote for Lori Lightfoot? Oh, my God. It knows you voted for Lori Lightfoot. Not once, but twice, Metaverse. Not once, but twice. Oh, Jay Marie was at uh, the last Hideout show. She gave me so much grief for that. And speaking of, let's get to number one. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Number one. Well, actually, before we do that, we got to run through the ones that we uh, didn't the ones that we've gone over already. Number 10, Madigan resigns. Number 9, the lone Republican Adam Kinzinger. Number 8, the almost Chicago teacher strike. Number 7, lifeguard gate. Number 6, top cop John Catanzaro resigns. Number 5, Jesse Smollett, guilty. Number 4, Rom the ambassador. Number 3, Lala Pakovid. Number 2, Darren Bailey for governor. 
And we are now to our top story in Chicago and or Illinois. Now, our number... What the hell is going... Metaverse is freaking me out. Now, our number one story is number one because it really does confirm what we've assumed about our Chicago mayor for quite some time. He's kind of rude. Our number one Chicago and or Illinois story is Lori Lightfoot's leaked emails. Heard a lot of complaints. Yes, you have. Now, this year, we saw a few Lightfoot leaks. The first I recall, Ben, was in May. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times. And, well, who better to close out the year? It's the Ben Jarofsky Show's journalist or reporter of the year. It's one Tommy. Hey, please quit calling me two joints. Shuba. Uh, Tommy, two joints. This was a, a story that had nothing to do with uh, Reefer and Tom Shuba, that the nickname. And it's all in good love because we do love Tom Shuba so much. Back in the old days when we were at the studio, uh, he was one of the guys we would chat with. We'd hang around the sidewalk with him while he was smoking cigarettes. <laughs> and uh the man is a, uh, how do I put this? He's like, a, for a young guy, he's a millennial. He's Dennis's age around there. Uh, he's he's like just an old school Chicago style reporter and, and such a young age. Uh, and uh, so he was the guy who was breaking one reefer story after another. He established himself on the marijuana beat, hence the nickname Tommy Two Joints. Uh, and uh, he has since broadened out. He's doing all kinds of stories, uh, general news stories, political stories, police stories. Uh, I, I truly think he's a, a young star in the making. He's already a star. So, Tom, lots of love for you. We have a lot of fun with the Tommy Two Joints, but lots of love for you. Journalist of the year. That's pretty damn good. I think he earned it. Although, Danny Mialopoulos, the bulldog. Come on, D. The bulldog? The piece reads, a massive cachet of tens of thousands of hacked emails detailing the inner workings of Mayor Lori Lightfoot's administration was leaked to the public last month, apparently in response to the fatal police shooting of 13-year-old Adam Toledo. The emails were posted online April 19th by distributed denial of secrets. A nonprofit whistleblower group similar to WikiLeaks that's facilitated other recent high-profile data dumps. An unrelated, an unrelated hacker gang initially stole the files during a series of data breaches that swept up sensitive information from corporations, universities, and government bodies. Hacked emails show Lightfoot's private concerns about releasing jail detainees during the pandemic. Also, Lightfoot's office was blindsided by CPD's use of controversial facial recognition software. That raised serious concerns. Mayor Lightfoot accused a hacker gang of demanding ransom from the city and a private law firm hired to investigate a botched police raid in exchange for keeping secret a massive cache of those emails. According to the administration, the ransom demands weren't met and the emails were ultimately posted to the dark web. On May 10th, the mayor declined to answer questions about the content of the emails as she tried to walk a political tightrope on the issue. She alternately questioned the legitimacy of the emails, claimed they were taken out of context, and urged reporters to be very, very cautious before drawing any conclusions. Ben, we're going to stop there because that is one of a few email leaks. You remember this, right? Oh, yeah. Remember, we talked a lot about it, uh, and we had the hacker on, our, uh, not the guy who actually hacked into the, um, uh, to the system, but uh, who spread the emails. Uh, look, this developed because out of the Engineet Young investigation uh, of that the city uh, had outsourced to a law firm, 
that uh, Judge Ann, former Judge Ann Williams worked for, and she was asked to do an investigation. I, I just always had a little issue with that one. Like when the mayor outsources an investigation of the mayor. Okay, so like, what did the mayor know? And when did she know it? Judge, uh, could you tell us? And then no surprise, by the way, uh, the release of the report completely absolved the mayor of any wrongdoing. Oh, there's a stunner. The mayor's own investigation found that the mayor did nothing wrong. Wow. (laughs) I'm now from here on out, D, going to evaluate myself for raises. Ben's evaluation of his performance showed that he did an outstanding job once again and deserves to have his salary doubled. Oh, so, I, yeah. I agree. Good job. Congratulations yeah. on the raise. Yeah. And Dennis, too. Oh. Uh-huh. And so uh, that's how they got the they hacked into that law firm uh, and uh, they got these emails. They were looking for one thing. They got this other thing. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it was it was interesting because that was the fight. I think that was the one where uh, the mayor got mad at Gregory Pratt the first time, Chicago Tribune reporter. By the way, he's a candidate for journalist of the year. I don't know. It's close. Two joints gets it. Two joints gets it. Uh, now, now, wasn't there something like about, wasn't J. Maul Green involved in something with this? No, J. Maul Green was the one where uh, it was uh, there was a rumor that the mayor was going to get divorced. Ah, and J. Mel Green, that rumor broke. It was, uh, I remember it was like a Saturday. Uh, and J. Mel Green uh, put it on a, his Twitter feed that uh, big news is about to break about the mayor. You know, he's hearing it from the police, et cetera. Uh, and it just exploded. I remember I was like watching a movie and uh, El Dragon texted me, you see this? Are you following this? And all these people were texting me. And is this going on? Is that going on? I didn't believe any of it. <laughs> Because I just got a thing about Twitter, uh, but that was the Jay Maul Green one, and that's what after the in the aftermath of that, Lori Life wrecked everybody you know, in the city. All journalism, uh, you know, God forbid they're spreading rumors. Oh, we're like I said, we're utterly obsessed with celebrityhood. That was left over from the Jesse Smollett story. Um, so anyway, uh, no, that was a totally uh, different thing. The, she got mad at uh, uh, Gregory Pratt. I believe it was over uh, the the hacked emails. I could be getting my hacked email stories all mixed up on this. Well, let's really let's move on. Let's move on. That was one uh, leak story. Now, our next Lori leak was June 14th, 2021. In late January and in a leaked email, Lightfoot sent her then scheduler an email complaining that she doesn't get enough of what she called office time. In the email, the mayor wrote, I need office time every day, 16 times in a row, and not just once a week or some days, every day. She wrote that 10 times in a row. The email goes on saying breaks or transition times between meetings are not office time she wrote that seven times she also said if this doesn't change immediately i will just start unilaterally canceling things every day she wrote that five times and have i made myself clear finally she wrote 13 times yeah that was the jack nicholson one from the shining i'll work no plays make jack the dull boy Jack Nicholson, of course, was the writer. When played a writer, goes up into uh, uh, the mountains of Colorado to write a novel uh, during the winter. He's the caretaker in the uh, in this giant uh, old hotel, and he loses his mind, goes insane. It's really a story about writer's block, uh, to a certain degree. Stephen King. Well, have you heard the theory about um, of The Shining? I've heard this recently. What? The theory uh, of The Shining is that the wife is the one who's going crazy. 
whoa, never heard that theory. Now, if you go back and watch that, there are some things that kind of may, you know, make Shelley Duvall's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've never heard that theory. Mm-hmm. I just saw The Shining about a year ago. I watch it like once a year. Same year. I love that movie. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, so uh, Lori kind of uh, pulled a, a Jack Nicholson there and uh, just kept repeating herself. Not a good look uh, for Lori Lightfoot to put it. Now, th- now, wasn't it? I think this is where Gregory Pratt started getting involved, right? Uh, around this time, around June? I yeah, believe. Gregory Pratt, and I give him a lot of credit, uh, has been uh, filing FOIAs to get access to the mayor's emails and the mayor's texts, and uh, the mayor's resisting that. Uh, tremendously, uh, and uh, the Tribune either filed suit or threatened to file suit. Uh, it, the, the matter went before the Attorney General, which is the Attorney General's office is the one that oversees uh, disputes over FOIA cases, Freedom of Information Act cases, and ultimately the mayor did release them. Uh, so uh, uh, that was um, uh, the the. Gregory Pratt's great achievement journalistically, but his fight with Lori Lightfoot had to do with Anjanette Young. There was another matter where it was at a press conference where uh, she lost her patience with him, and then ultimately she had to sort of apologize to him, which probably was not easy for her to do. Uh, but uh, no, Gregory Pratt has been the one f- uh, filing the uh, filing FOIA request to get at the mayor's uh, emails and texts. Uh, and he's done a great job on it. And I always love it when reporters, I talked about this, my favorite aspect of this one, reporters, uh, when Gregory Pratt releases, and writes these stories that release uh, the show, uh, we deal all these emails to other reporters. Like, oh, yeah, I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> yeah. I knew that. Now, with Gregory Pratt, too, um, he was one of the people, he turned down an interview with Lori Lightfoot. Remember when Lori was doing the, like, only giving interviews to black oh, and Latino yes. reporters. Yeah. So Gregory. Uh, yeah. That was when Lori Lightfoot or was it, was it uh, her, her second year anniversary stories? Yeah. That's what it and, was. And she said that uh, uh, she was all that. Well, we talked about that a lot on the show. And cause I, I have to say um, the sobbing from uh, so many reporters in town over that. I, I wasn't part of that. I, you know, it's like, uh, White reporters in this town have had a lot of advantages over the years just because they're white. So finally, a little advantage is going to uh, a black reporter. We're all going to cry over it. But Gregory Pratt, he was, uh, because he's Latino, uh, was had the opportunity to interview Lori Lightfoot. She said that she would grant him a request to interview, and he said, no, I won't do it. So again, uh, I mean, the man, he, you know, he had his convictions. He stood by him. I'm saying he's in the running. I mean, Tommy two joints. I love him dearly, but Pratt's had a hell of a year. All right. Well, we got, uh, I don't know, uh, six hours to discuss and uh, f- get a final solution here because the year's almost over. You know what I mean? Also, too, I mean, it got so bad that Lori canceled her Chicago Tribune subscription, right? <laughs> yeah, she got so mad at Pratt. <laughs> she canceled it. So now fast forward to December 10th, 2021. And boy, you got to love this headline from the Chicago Tribune. Scolding, swearing, sarcasm. Mayor Lori Lightfoot's texts reveal her combative dealings with Alderman. And, well, yes, it's the final episode of the year of a mayor and her alderman. A mayor and her alderman. Heard a lot of complaints. 
The Tribune obtained more than two and a half years of Lightfoot's text messages with Alderman through a series of Freedom of Information Act requests, which her staff failed to comply with until the state attorney general admonished them and the Tribune threatened a lawsuit. In the text, she said, Alderman Jason Irvin is full of crap. She told Alderman Brendan Riley he was Bush League and referred to Alderman Byron Sigcho Lopez as a jackass. Hey, he's a nice guy. What do you? She sent a sarcastic text to Alderwoman Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez after the first term council city member criticized her support for Columbus Day on Twitter. Lightfoot sent to uh, Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez, quote, shows real resolve toward building bridges. Nice work. And after protesters clashed with police at the Columbus statue in Grant Park, Maria Haddon, Alderwoman, the 49th Ward Alderwoman, I believe, she texted Lightfoot saying the Columbus statue needs to come down. Can we talk about making that happen? Lightfoot said she would be happy to discuss, but she doesn't take kindly to demands. In spring 2020, for instance, Lightfoot tech. Oh, uh, we have another story about J.B. Pritzker, but uh, Ben, uh, your thoughts there. We talked about this just at the beginning of the month. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll close with the J.B. Pritzker one because it's an update on this. Uh, but, uh, yeah, with with the release of these uh, emails and these texts, uh, we got a side, a side of Lori Lightfoot. I guess we're kind of used to this side now, uh, but she punches back. She's a counter puncher. Sometimes you can't even say it's punching back because nobody being punched her to start with. Uh, and uh, it became clear uh, that there were aldermen that she did not like to put it mildly. And so one of our favorite things on the show was like, who does she dislike the most? And uh, I think it's pretty clear that um, based on this year, one person, these would say the three aldermen uh, that uh, Lori Lightfoot dislikes the most. And this is uh, based on not just confrontations of texts and emails, but also uh, face-to-face. So I would have to say Jeanette Taylor, Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor, 20th Ward. Remember, Lori Lightfoot got off the podium and went down to the council floor and got in her face. We talked about that a lot. I still think, oh, Lori Lightfoot owes uh, Jeanette Taylor an apology. Uh, Rosanna Rodriguez-Sanchez, good friend of this show, just like Jeanette Taylor. You know what I think the, what these people have in common? They're all good friends of the Ben Jarofsky show. Let's think about that for a second. Um, I don't know why she has – oh, I think I have a reason – uh, Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez uh, is a democratic socialist and she's unbending uh, in her, her convictions. She's going to follow her beliefs wherever they take her and it may lead, maybe, maybe she won't get reelected, you know, maybe that'll be the outcome. Uh, she's um, uh, maybe some, the powers that be in the 33rd ward will turn against her, the Mel family, et cetera, and so forth will uh, turn against her and, uh, able to defeat her, but she's she's not going to bend, and I give her a lot of credit for that. A lot of the things she stands for, I agree with and believe it, and I think that really rubs uh, Lori Lightfoot the wrong way, because when you make accommodations uh, in your ideology and worldview, you don't stick to your promises that you made, you get damn mad at people who are sticking to them. So I think that explains her uh, dislike for Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez, but a number one is Byron Sexual Lopez. I re- it's one clear in all those emails uh, and the comments she's made over the phone, etc. cetera. Uh, even more than Ray Lopez, who's fallen out of the top three, in my humble opinion. She really dislikes Byron Sexual Lopez. Probably similar reasons for Rosanna, uh, that he sticks to his guns, he's not going to bend, uh, and he's not afraid to get up in the city council meeting and tell her what he thinks, too. And there it was, the final episode of the year of a mayor and her alderman. 
want an answer. It's not something you ignore. I think you're 100% full of shit, is what I think. If you think oh, we no want offense, to... fuck you, then. Uh, Who are you to tell you I'm full of shit? That was so 2020, D. That was 2020. Okay. Well, and speaking of 2020, uh, actually, just this week, more texts were released by the Chicago Tribune and their FOIA Act. Uh, we learned that in spring 2020, Lightfoot texted our Illinois governor, J.B. Pritzker. Ah, that goes on and on here. But uh, the overlaying theme here, once again, Lori Lightfoot just kind of rude. Yeah. Yeah, and this story broke just the other day. Uh, I, was, I remember reading it though, while we were uh, getting ready to record a show or uh, or having technical difficulties with a show we were recording, whatever. Um, but in these exchanges, I have to say, uh, I, I have to say, J.B. Pritzker, I felt, had the right approach. Uh, and uh, Dennis uh, had a funny line. We were talking about this. J.B. likes to not to get ruffled, get his feathers ruffled, always to be calm uh, and look like he's in charge of things. But you could tell that he was getting a little irritated by some of the texts that Lori Life was sending to him. Uh, and he kept saying to her, this is the kind of thing we should talk about on the phone. We shouldn't text about it. He probably knew that Gregory Pratt or some enterprising reporter was going to uh, file a FOIA to get the text. And so they all looked foolish when it was uh, displayed on the front pages of the Tribune or the pages of the Tribune. But I think that's a, a message to close the show and close the year. From here on out, I don't know. If you're going to get mad, don't send a text. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel as like it's so impersonal. And you're just shielded from a de- to a degree from the reaction it's going to inspire in someone. So that you'll say something that you probably shouldn't say. Or that if you thought about it, you wouldn't say so, you know, just as like advice, just like if you're Lori Lightfoot and you're really upset at J.B. Pritzker, give him a call <laughs> or give Otto Alderman a call. Hello, call Rosanna Rodriguez. You know, maybe you won't say maybe you'll mute a little bit to a degree uh, the nastiness of what you have to say. Or, uh, I, I, I uh, but I just think in general, D, these texts and these emails, man, oh, man. And you know, boom, you, you, send, you feel really good about it. Yeah, push, send. And then it looks kind of bad when it's in the tribute. <laughs> That's always <laughs> the worst. All right, uh, there you go, guys. That was our top 10 Chicago and or Illinois stories for the year 2021. And my God, I cannot wait to get out of this crazy metaverse. Holy cow, this thing's nuts. But hey, thank you to everyone this year who uh, downloaded our shows, listened to our shows. Uh, and followed along. Uh, this countdown was great. What will be the top 10 next year? Ben, any ideas? Uh, just looking ahead here uh, as that can possibly be on our list for next year. Well, uh, at this time next year, D, believe it or not, we'll be getting ready for another mayoral election. Just think about that. Okay. So I would have to say that'll be what we're talking about at this time of year from now. If we're all still alive and thriving, uh, which I touch wood i'm hoping for so yes mayoral election uh will be the big story uh at this time a year from now but lord knows where we're gonna go with this COVID. got a mayoral election in the middle of COVID. Uh, right. i want to give special thanks to the young man from alton what a job he did with this metaverse he was up all night he truly was preparing for this show and um so as i've said 
every show in 2021, in 2020, and 2019, when we began this, I will end 2021 the way I began it by saying this. I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy, all Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. And as Lori Lightfoot, J.B. Pritzker, Gregory Pratt, and Danny Milopoulos can tell you, also Tommy Two George Shuba will tell you, back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for Demarvelous. Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash, have a great year, everybody. See you in 2022. Hey, Ben, why did you vote for Lori Lightfoot? Are you still there? Would you like me to keep playing the top 10 Chicago and or Illinois stories according to the Ben Jarofsky show? Ben, I've noticed you haven't had Troy LaRavier on the show in quite some time. Hey Ben, I've collected some of your favorite things to listen to in the year 2021. Playing Arctic Monkeys. <laughs>